0: Jay here. Hi. Here is your party invitation. You are invited to Arty Party, bringing together artists and creatives to make conversations and celebrate their craft. We've had a bit of a hiatus over the past couple of years because our key partners at the community radio station Spark in Sunderland needed to shut down regular studio operation during Covid and the pandemic. But since the world opened back up, we've been asked to come back and continue making programs. They'll be broadcast first there, before the podcast version is released, every other Friday at 11am. But from now on, our episodes will be fortnightly rather than weekly due to time commitments. I love making Artie Party. It brings me a lot of joy to champion people's projects and to help form connections between artists. But because I work a few different jobs, teaching at the university, freelancing as an audio producer, managing the exhibitions of an art gallery in Sunderland, I find myself quite stretched. So I hope you'll forgive me, but also it is great to have you back. That you are listening to this podcast, that you are supporting our show. It means a lot to me, and I hope Artie Party will continue to give you what you need as a creative practitioner. ArtiePartie.com and at ArtiePartie on Twitter if you want to take part or have anything that you'd like us to cover. That's Artie with a Y, Party with an I, YI. Reach out, get in touch, I want to be as useful for you just as much as I find making this show a real passion project. there by muselian that piece bird out bird Jammin', a mixture of electronic art and found sound put to music kicking off our series of vinyl outcry on arty party
1: this this is
0: arty party Hey there, glad you could make it. You've been invited to Artie Party. My name's Jay and I will be your host. This is a fortnightly radio show and podcast that brings together artists and creatives together to make conversations and celebrate their craft. Whether grassroots, emerging or established, anyone is invited. Together we chat projects and passions, events and exhibitions, artistic practice and advice. Now, the Hills Arts Centre in Sunderland has only been open for just shy of a year, but already it's been home to an ambitious series of exhibitions, with many more on the way. If you've been in Sunderland longer than I have, you might remember Hills as an old bookshop. It first opened all the way back in 1852 and it sold its last books in 2006. Other than a brief stint as a charity shop, it's remained mostly vacant until last year. Hills reopened as a multi-use art centre ran by Norfolk Street Arts in December 2021. Today, if you were to visit, you'd see the hashtag Vinyl Outcry exhibition, which brings together the work of artists who paint stories in sound as well as in visuals. And three of those lovely artists are in the studio today. Let me show you around and introduce you to today's guests you might know her from the grl radio show on spark it's lottie Steele.
2: hi i'm lottie and i'm an audio producer and one of my pieces out at sea out of mind is at the vinyl outcry exhibition
0: it's a beautiful piece and in in brief can you tell us what your piece explores out at sea out of mind
2: so it was a topic that i had never really thought about and then i was introduced to it through a piece that I made in conjunction with the Seascapes project that I worked on a while ago. And it's all about noise pollution beneath the sea. So how sounds from ships and seismic testing and all these kind of things affects life beneath the ocean, like it interferes with echolocation between whales and dolphins and even things that you don't really give much thought to like the invertebrates the crabs the mussels all of that kind of thing like wind turbines so it's just kind of looking at our effect that we have beneath the ocean basically
0: thank you we will be hearing clips of this and other pieces in the hashtag vinyl outcry exhibition across the rest of the show um, but the artist who responded to Lottie's piece is also with us in the studio this is Caligo.
3: Hi I'm Caligo I'm a 28 year old artist from Kuwait I've been painting and sketching and just generally creating for about 11 years. I'm currently studying to be a counsellor and it's been quite a fun journey in trying to contribute therapy and art. My usual mediums of creation isn't much with a sound, it's more with acrylic paints, charcoal, gouache, watercolour and inks, that sort of thing.
0: Wonderful to have you in the show. Um, Thank you so much. I mean, the the key thing that I'd love to start chatting about, if you're able to, being involved in the Vinyl Outcry exhibition, you were paired up with Lottie because I said, well, this this exhibition is all about bringing together artists and finding the work together and responding to each other. So what was the experience like responding to a piece by another artist and then bringing it into a different art form yourself?
3: I think the bigger part of... Like the newness of the challenge was respond, responding to a sound piece as opposed to a visual prompt or a written prompt. It was quite interesting listening to the piece and then trying to figure out how to translate something from one sense into another which is from sound to visual.
0: For yourself Lottie, it's the other way around. It's, it's your piece being transformed into a different art medium than the one that it was originally created in.
2: Yeah, how, how was, what was that like? <laughs> I remember you first reaching out to me about it and I was kind of like, you asked if I wanted to do the art myself and I was like, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) And then you suggested pairing up with Caligo and I was so excited. I was like, I want to see how somebody responds to this audio piece that I've made and how that transfers into visual art.
0: Let's hear that now. Let's hear the opening of Out at Sea, Out of Mind by Lottie Steele. we are primarily visual creatures but when you go below the water surface you know sound is really the primary mode of sensing the environment but also the primary mode how animals communicate with each other
4: It's fairly safe to assume that even if we don't know what marine organisms are doing with sound and why it's important to them, that they wouldn't have evolved it unless there was a massive evolutionary advantage to doing that.
2: It's basically under the sea. Light doesn't travel as far as sound does, so they use sound in a similar way to humans use light into to build up a 3D picture.
0: The surprising thing is how complex those lives of these animals are, and how important sound is. I think what I loved so much about this piece created here by audio producer Lottie Steele is that it's finding a way to use sound as an art form to create messages which are important to us as humanity there's an ecological problem that we're facing in the way that our sounds affect underwater ecologies and how we affect other species. We, we should have the conscience as people to want to change what we're doing to better suit other species around us. And you found a way through audio to, to bring that into focus.
2: When I did the original event that I was talking about that inspired me to do it, people were saying, There's all these statistics and facts and written projects about why the sound is affecting the animals. But because people aren't actually hearing it and hearing the interference of the sound, it's not as obvious to us. And then also, when I've shared my piece and shared the stuff from the vinyl outcry, people are like, Sound pollution beneath the sea, what's that? Mm -hmm. And it's just because as the piece states, out at sea, out of mind, we don't hear it, we don't think about it, we don't give much care or thought to it, which is kind of something that I wanted to portray in this piece. And I think there's some recordings in it, which we might hear later on, where you can hear the human effects of noise affecting the animals, basically.
0: Whales, they, did you explore this as part of the longer documentary piece that this is, that their sound travels and communicates over thousands and thousands of miles. I think across
2: whole oceans. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And it was also really fun learning about all of this stuff because it's just a really interesting topic anyway, like
0: the life beneath the sea. What was it like for you in creating this and in finding these various experts to research and bringing that material together?
2: Honestly, it was a topic that I got so involved in and interested in. So when I was speaking to these people, I just wanted to learn more and more and more about it. So then speaking to all these different people about it, it was just like amazing to learn about their field of work and what they were doing and like one topic that i got onto was the wind turbines and how they affect animals and somebody was telling me that they're now going to start creating floating wind turbines which i'd never heard of so it's like learning about all of these things that they're trying to do differently and like trying to expand upon to be a greener planet because obviously wind turbines were like we think green energy but then actually how is this affecting the animals because of all the vibrations just learning about all these ways that they're trying to make the planet better but also by not harming it more in ways that we didn't think about before. Yeah, it was really interesting. And collecting the sounds as well. I went down to Roca Pier with a underwater microphone.
0: Yes. I've never used a hydrophonic mic before.
2: Honestly, it was <laughs> I think I was sat there for like a good 2 hours. <laughs> Cuz then I was just recording sounds and then people were speaking to me and they were like, "Oh, you just need some dolphins to come along." And then sure enough, I don't know if people from Sunderland are probably familiar with the dolphins that were there quite oh. a lot over summer. They came along and swam past and I, it was, it was so amazing. And I was just sat there smiling to myself like, I'm just listening to these dolphins. And there was like a random sound as well. And I was like, oh, that's a bit scary. It was, sounded like a clapping noise underneath the water.
3: Yeah.
2: And I did some more research into it. Apparently it was a seal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't see the seal, but I was like, that's cool that I've recorded it because most of it you couldn't see because it was just underneath the water
0: as a tutor at the university we get pieces like this that usually they're created with taking sound effects that other people have recorded and then put online I had no idea that these were original recordings that's <laughs> just that provides another level of, of brilliance to this it's, to me
2: yeah so it's, it was a <laughs> mixture so original ones of the dolphins at Roker. I mm-hmm. did get some online of the whales because I didn't go anywhere where there were whales and then some of them as well the Professor Volker DK who I spoke to in the piece, he sent across some that he'd recorded up on the Shetlands in Scotland of the Minky Whale. So that was cool.
0: Minky Whale.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a cute name. So with all is. of this, this this, collection of sounds together and this story that Lottie created was handed to Caligo, an, a visual artist, to respond to that. And I wonder what you picked up on when you were listening through and working with it that you then... Translated to visuals.
3: When I first went into it, I went into quite blind, and the way that Jay introduced it, I was like, "Oh, it's it's like an art piece, but in sound." I didn't know what to expect. I sat down, and it was like an educational piece. I was like, "Oh, okay." Listening to it, I was sketching in my little book, trying to make notes of how the piece came across to me, how I was affected by it, how would I translate this sound onto paper. And I had in the back of my mind that whatever I produced was going to be almost the wrapping for your piece. Like, if imagine if you have a book that an author gives you and you have to create a cover for it. Yeah, the content could be tremendous, but there's a huge responsibility on, I need to make sure that the wrapping of this piece represents what the author or the creators created. And listening to it, there are points when I was making notes of how I had to keep pausing it because it was so overwhelming. And I felt like, oh God, I can't tell Lottie this. This is like, I'm going to have to tell her that her piece just set me off and I had to pause it for a bit and I couldn't deal with it. At some points, the piece sounded awful. And then, you know, we sat down, built a bit of rapport and I mentioned that. And then you went, oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's what I was going for. It's meant to be overwhelming. And I think like how Jay was saying about this being something that people don't think about and how you had the task of making it obvious to people in the same way that creatures in the ocean experience it. Yeah, it, I think it really did bring that across, and then came in my responsibility of trying to figure out. Okay, let's 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 get this onto paper. Basically, the sense that I had was a lot of duality from it. It was the idea of the ocean in its vastness and nature, and all of its little complex going on, and then human interference sort of invading that space, and just pushing into it and almost shoving past imagine like a peaceful crowd and then someone goes barging in and I was trying to figure out how to put that visually but I didn't want it to be too on the nose I wasn't gonna I was like should I just paint like a beached whale I don't know I'm like no no that's that's not quite that's not really the best way to go about it let's give this at least a little bit of thought considering how much thought you've put into it. In the end I ended up going for playing a lot with duality and opposites and the piece, which you have to you have to go and see in real life because there is an interactive element to it and you get to look at it while listening to Lottie's piece at Vinyl Outcry. It was trying to get the peacefulness of the ocean and then in like a really nice warm blue and then have a really cold red seeping down into it and just covering everything up. So even if you peeled back the red paint, which please don't, <laughs> put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> but if you did, hypothetically, you'd still see the blue underneath. It was a complete piece before I added all the red to it, because it was the complete ocean before it had like all of this human, like the human handprint on it almost. And then on top of that, there was a thought of out at sea, out of mind. And I like the idea of having something there that you couldn't see at first glance, because you could sit and tell people about, yeah, there's, you know, seismic uh, surveys and, different sound effects that happen because of human involvement in the ocean affecting the ocean. And then someone could go, oh yeah, that's awful. But then because of the piece that you've created, you can really hear it and feel it. And it is, there's like this multi-layered feel that I wanted to get across in the piece I created for you. So with a bit of thinking and a bit of panicking and like scrambling about and trying to think of how do I get this to be really quite good, came up with the idea of using UV reactive paint to show off the sound waves and the sound effects that if you go up to the piece, you can sort of see that there's something there, but you can't tell what it is until you pick up the little UV torch next to it, shine it over, and then all of a sudden there's another layer of what's going on underneath. And what I'd hoped for was that that would reflect how your piece is so multi-layered and how it really shows. It's not enough to just explain what's happening. You have to try to experience it.
2: Yeah, I think the piece that you created did respond to my audio very well and also yeah going back on that when you said that it made you feel very anxious and that was kind of like what I was hoping to get through it because I guess it's putting ourselves in the perspective of the creatures that are underneath the ocean and how they're feeling the response from the human noises then yeah that was what it was meant to portray.
3: Which, as a visual artist, like, trying to respond to your piece, to me, that was like the biggest praise that I could get. I could have 50 people walking into the art gallery looking and going, oh, this is amazing. But the fact that it represented what you were trying to create originally makes me feel like I've made it now. it's It works. Yeah, I loved it. You've got to go and see it as well.
0: <laughs> let's take a listen to that moment. I'm sorry to take you back there, Caligo, but that moment <laughs> that you found so distressing to no, listen to. Throw me to. in it, let's go.
2: <laughs>
5: We've been using the sea as a rubbish dump for hundreds of years now you know discharging wastes into it and um, you know there's all sorts of things going on there now which are over and above the simple discharge of waste you've got all sorts of acoustic signaling you've got submarine sonar you've got war games that go on in the irish sea and around the uk coast and indeed all the seas of the world where people are using sonar and, and underwater radar and so on and so on and um We don't know because it's down there. We can't see it happening. You can't hear it without hydrophones. It's out of sight and out of mind for most people.
1: Lineships produce Low frequency noise.
2: Shipping
4: noise is one thing. Definitely shipping. Merchant vessels. Acoustic seismic survey. Seismic surveys. Seismic surveys. Sonar. Military sonar. An acoustic explosion. Sonic pulses. Pile driving. Pile driving. Acoustic seismic. Definitely survey. shipping. Seismic Donate. surveys. Merchant sonic driving. Seismic surveys. Pile driving. Seismic surveys. Pile driving. Definitely Definitely seismic surveys. Merchant vessels.
1: Acoustic explosion.
2: pulses. Seismic
0: surveys. Pile
4: driving. Military sonar. A single sonar pulse can easily traverse the entire Pacific Ocean.
0: I just love that because I feel like sometimes art should be provocative and should be distressing and should be mm. difficult to listen to. And I love that your piece, it is a documentary in its sound featuring, but then there's these lovely moments like that one where it gives way to really intricate and interesting sound design. And those moments just grabbed me and and I loved that part of the feature. It's so unsettling and so uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's what I was aiming for. And it was like people saying that they felt anxious and stuff and that they had to pause. And after that point, I was kind of like, good. (laughs) (laughs) It's meant to make you feel uneasy because it's meant to be kind of showing what creatures and stuff must feel under the water.
3: When I paused it as well, I I felt almost guilty for pausing it because I thought it really gave weight to the situation. I thought these animals can't just pause what we're doing. And then it was really quite heartbreaking. I mean this as a compliment it put me in a bit of like a downer you know because this really sucks but I think that like Jay said art doesn't necessarily have to be something pretty I think if art's pretty and you want pretty pieces of art that's fine it serves purposes differently for different people and all but that discomfort and that sadness of the emotion that I had afterwards I thought was tremendous my idea of what makes art good or bad in my opinion I think the worst thing that I could hear about an art piece that I've created from someone is eh I don't feel anything about it. If someone sees a piece, I've recently put one of my pieces up in the gallery and I'm, I really hate looking at it. It makes me really quite upset. I don't like to think about it very much. But to me, I'm like, okay, then I've done something good. But if I had a piece up there, if I saw an art piece and I just felt very, eh, okay, about it, then yeah, I think that's maybe what bad art is. And so for you, making something that's so anxiety-inducing and even if someone said, oh, God, I hated your piece, it's not supposed to be like easy There's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I love these as well. You have to go and see Caligo's like
2: individual, the bird paintings are really amazing.
0: The one for me that I find most appealing is the void one where you, yeah. were, you hadn't filled in the bird and you were waiting to do it. But then I just love that. It, it, it ended up being like a blank space really. And
3: it was something so, weird about it. It was a matter, it was like, I don't know, 11 p.m. I was just sort of sat there. I was like, okay, let me let me get my pieces together. I need to take them over to the gallery tomorrow. And then I looked at it and I went, hmm, because that that was like a piece that I was like waiting to finish for ages. And I I looked at it and I thought, actually, wait. Essentially, I'd painted the background completely, whited out where the bird was going to be, and then left it and hadn't gotten around to finishing it for a few years. Then I saw it and I thought, it feels complete being blanked out. So I just filled the blank in with more of a void. That one was called Dissociation. The woodpecker piece that I'd mentioned that upsets me is called Cycle Repeat
0: in fact there's quite a came out organically as we put this exhibition together this theme of ecology and this theme of birds as well being a particular vehicle so many of these pieces have that kind of connection whether visually or audially including the next one i'm going to play and it's another example of art that is meant to make people feel uncomfortable
6: When you tell me all lives matter, I'll tell you that black women are five times more likely to die in childbirth. When you tell me all lives matter, I'll tell you that black people are four times more likely to die of COVID-19. When you tell me all lives matter, I'll tell you that black people are 40 times more likely to be stopped and searched. When you tell me all lives matter, I'll tell you that fewer than 1% of UK university professors are black. When you tell me All Lives Matter, I'll tell you that the legal system has failed black women and girls. When you tell me All Lives Matter, I'll tell you that BME women and migrant women experience higher rates of domestic homicide. When you tell me All Lives Matter, I'll tell you that 40% of BME and migrant women are living in poverty. When you tell me All Lives Matter, I'll tell you that in the past 12 years 22 bme refugees across the country have had their funding cut or have been taken over by larger organizations when you tell me all lives matter i'll say to you grenfell tower when you tell me all lives matter i'll tell you that bme women face the most discrimination in employment when you tell me all lives matter I'll tell you that in the UK, by population percentage, black people are more than twice as likely to die in police custody. I'm 37, black, British, and female. I spent my childhood and early teens without the internet, seeing barely anyone succeed who looked like me and talks like me. My body is fetishized, my culture is appropriated, but I am not wanted. I worry about the future of my black son, my black friends, my black family, and my community. I worry about the future of my sisters experiencing domestic violence and the intersectionality that goes alongside it. Yes, there is no hierarchy of oppression, but intersecting barriers work against us. Black lives have always mattered, but we are not heard. We need allies and change. We've barely scratched the surface to unravel hundreds of years of oppression. I implore you to educate yourselves and do not ask a black person to do it for you. We live in this skin every day and we're tired. A change will come, and I hope I live long enough to see it.
0: Change Will Come by Chantal Herbert, also a former student on the MA of radio production, just like Lottie here at the University of Sunderland, and one of the 17 artists featured in the Hashtag Vinyl Outcry Exhibition at Hills Art Centre in Sunderland. And I love that piece again. It's Chantal's voice and the speech that she delivered at the rally in Newcastle for the Black Lives Matter movement. It's lovely to be able to put that piece into an exhibition in a new life with artwork by Laura Jane Fuchs as the vinyl sleeve. Many of these pieces of work that we're talking about, including Caligo's response to Lottie's work, they're all vinyl sleeves on the wall around the gallery exhibition that you can then listen to with QR codes in your own headphones.
2: I'm very excited to listen to all the pieces. Yeah. (laughs) I came to visit the other day and I haven't seen all of them yet, but 17 artists is a lot as well.
0: That is the number of people whose work is displayed visually as well as the audio artists as well.
3: It's amazing that you've
0: brought it all together.
3: Not to mention that some people have multiple pieces and not everyone's work is about the same thing and it was trying to figure out how to put it all together and make it make sense and not feel like you're walking into... A complete mishmash.
0: Yeah, that is the the challenge that curators face when putting together an exhibition. And to give a bit of a background about the project, I said at the start of the show that three of the artists who are part of this are in the studio today. That includes myself because originally I'd been handed this this project by Hills Art Centre, and I called it New Curators. The idea of bringing together people who'd never curated before to have experiences of of doing so, with thanks to the Sir James Not Trust who provided invaluable funding to make this project possible. So I hadn't ever exhibited before myself and I I liked the idea of also being a newbie, (laughs) putting on this project and and seeing what came out of it. And then Caligo was one of the artists who initially responded with interest, who then made it through to the curatorial trio that it became
3: made it through i feel like i've been bamboozled into it to be honest <laughs> it started off with me meeting jay and then um you know heading off and developing quite a nice little friendship and all and he says oh you paint do you want to have your work in a gallery i was like hell yeah yeah of course like of course, of course. and then he shows me the space and i go oh well where, where are you putting things for a bit of extra background information, I very briefly studied interior design, realized I hated it and dropped out <laughs> promptly. I say promptly, it took me a little bit. But anyways, And so I was like, oh yeah, I had to, one of my projects I had to design a gallery space. I mean, I didn't do well, but like, show me what you had in mind. And then you sort of started going, oh, well, I was thinking about doing this and this and what do you think? And I, I unknowingly, Lottie, bamboozled when I tell you bamboozled. I just thought, mm, well, what about doing this or this might make sense? And then all of a sudden, he hands me a little piece of paper with a layout of the gallery and then I'm planning it with him. And then all of a sudden, he turns around to me one day and goes, yeah, da, 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 I need all the co-curators there. I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, so you're coming. I went, um, huh? Co-ha? You what now? And I'm like, oh, uh, that's when I realized I'd been bamboozled. I didn't I deep misled into it. You. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like you did that intentionally. I mean, I'm not mad, don't get me wrong, but like, I've come on. You've done an amazing job at
2: it. So all of you have. I wasn't really curating it, but I went the other day and saw
3: you all yeah. setting it up and it was amazing. In the midst of the chaos of trying to put everything together. and
0: mm. yeah. I, I'm very blessed that it, to me, and this is something that Caligo said and something that I agree with, It. it does feel, although the pieces are all quite different and contrasting in a lot of ways. It does speak to each other from yeah. side of the room to side of the room. We've got a lot of birds. We've got a lot of tape. And Sophie, who unfortunately couldn't be here today, her, her pieces were, well, the the original process was about using tape and using vinyl and it, it looked really quite astonishingly messy but glorious. And then she created this ridiculously beautiful piece that we've used as the centerpiece of the I exhibition.
3: Love it so much, that piece.
0: <laughs> she calls it white void, but it's it's this black mess of clay that
3: oh, I she's extra i wish she could have been here to explain it but yeah. hopefully at some point she can be we are missing her today yeah she's extruded this clay through a handmade extruder and just the sheer volume of it when you look at it you are really hit with the sense of how much time and effort and physical exertion has been put into getting all the clay out baking it forming it arranging it stitching it she hand stitched everything onto that canvas and It's amazing. You walk in and it is slowly falling apart, but that is the nature of it. By yeah. the
0: end of the exhibition we will have this mound of, of black coils of, <laughs> <laughs> of clay just on the floor but yeah that shows to me that art can have other lives and just as we've had visual artists responding to the work of audio artists so too is one of the other pieces that again you, you responded to calico it was originally a piece of poetry that then was made into a piece of art by somebody else and art can transform and change And that's part of the beauty of collaboration, I think.
3: It was a really interesting experience, again, because I remember sat there listening to RJ's piece, which is the response to the poetry piece written out. Um, Forgive me for not remembering the original author's name, but the information is available at the gallery space. I'm not that I'm like, you know, forcing you to go, but you really (laughs) should go. What are you doing? Honestly? And I remember just sort of listening to it and having my pen on the paper and moving it along. And then like, it's like little spikes, almost like a heart rate monitor type thing. And then it's starting to spike up. And then all of a sudden you're hit by a piece, a part of this piece where it just, I felt like I'd been just, I don't know, like thrown off a side of a building or something. It just the line dropped and trying to figure out how do I put that into a visual experience?
1: This This is Arty Party.
5: You get one moment when she notices you and she smiles at something you said and your hearts march to the same cadence. A scented bonfire flares around you a honeyed heat that sputters and fades. How you scurry and scamper after her. How you squirm and squawk at your remembered son. Flattering faltering falling, until everything is sharp edges, slashed shadows and sobbing, until all the heat is in the harshness of your throat, until your fingers are knotted together in pitiful supplication. How far must you go, across jagged sand and shifting rocks, and through creaking, rusted shutters, splintered tiles and cracked whispers, the tired, dripped, drip dripping and the stuttering home of your part-time star. Moon-draped, you howl at the tide even as it gurgles around your ankles. Everything shrinks. Revelation is reduced to a ritual of pills and needles, twisting, Binding. Bleeding. In the dark, without your dead son's lying light, you finally hear the truth. Her heart has filled, and all is echoes. This
0: is your one moment. moment by RJ Phoenix, originally written by James Whitman, and then responded to visually by Caligo, who's in the studio. Hello, Caligo.
3: Hiya. <laughs> I think the leaving sort of uh, message that I got from RJ's piece was a uh, dying son. The piece feels really quite intense. As research, I looked up a lot of pictures of dying sons, because I was curious, what does a dying son look like? I hope to never uh, experience that in my lifetime. And, which is, it is, it feels quite dark, you know, thinking about that. The picture that I got was just something so intense, but so cold at the same time, which viewers and listeners will have their own uh, interpretation of it. But to me, that's how it came across. It came across as intense and so cold.
0: It certainly is an intense piece of writing and it deals head on with a really dark imagery. When listening to it, my version of the sun, I interpreted it as a human sun the child rather than the sun in the sky. And again, even something as minute as that can have different interpretations.
3: Especially with taking it in from an audio perspective, because if you read it, you you can apply your own countenance to poetry. And there are situations where there's a poet from Yorkshire who's written poetry, and if you try and read it with any accent other than a Yorkshire accent, the countenance is just not the same. And so it does feel really quite like a privilege to hear an author's work being read out by them because you're listening to what they had in mind. But again, then there's a difficulty of is it sun as in the star in the sky or as in a child?
0: But then does it matter? I think that if you go to an art gallery and you're, and you're looking at pictures, every single person is going to have their own version of what something might represent to them, regardless of what the artist intended.
3: Yeah, which is why when you're asking for written pieces, like interpretations of everyone's work, and I was writing mine out, and it felt very um, vulnerable doing that because people are going to look at it, they're going to have their feelings about it, but then they're going to get to find out what was behind it when I created it. And it's that thing of, am I going to ruin something that they have? It's like when you listen to a song. You love the song, it means something to you, you've applied meaning to it, and then you find out what the musician meant by it, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, there's like that clash. And it's, it is a concern of having the written pieces underneath the paintings and having the descriptions of what the audio piece are meant to do, you could be ruining what someone, what their unique experience is. That piece was very emotive as
2: well, I feel. It had a lot going on, but in a good way. I guess it's again, like you said before, when it really makes you feel something. And your response to it was also incredible, again,
3: so. Thank you. But I do have to quickly throw a bit of credit towards Lottie, because when I was, <laughs> <laughs> when I'd met up with you to show you my idea for your piece, And you happened to hang about, which was fantastic, thank God. And I was showing Jay what I had in mind for RJ's piece, because RJ wasn't going to get to see what I was creating until after it was done. Because you wanted Jay to be a blind response. And it features two falling figures and I wanted them, I paint a lot of birds, I wanted them to have something about them that indicates that they were capable of flying so high in the first place to indicate the up of the piece. I said, I don't want to make them like bird people with bird wings on their backs because they might look like angels and there's like biblical references and there's going to be a lot there. And then you'd mentioned, oh, when you said like flying people, I thought you meant the wings were their hands and their arms. And all of a sudden it clicked. And thank you so much. Because when I sat there sketching that, I'm like, hell yeah, yes. Thank you, Lottie. (laughs) I was just sat there singing your praises at like two in the morning, just frantically sketching like a little art rat. (laughs) So you're to credit for that.
2: No, it was. I think because I stayed behind that day because I think I was so intrigued to see how it would work which we saw on that day, how the visual artist responds to the audio artist, which you've done in a really good way. And everybody has with all of the pieces that are in the exhibition.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm so pleased to hear that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And it was also interesting because I was looking at your visual response before actually hearing the piece, which was like the other way around.
3: So what's your experience of that getting to see the piece and then hearing it afterwards? Because I'm interested in that.
2: Yeah, I think it definitely reflects it really well. Both of the pieces, the visual and the art, are both so intensely emotive. So, yeah, I think very good job, yeah.
3: (laughs) Thank you. It does always make me curious about would you have felt differently about the sound piece had you not seen the vinyl sleeve prior? Which is something that's going to come up a lot for visitors of the exhibition because the first thing that you see and probably the first thing that's going to push someone towards wanting to listen to which piece first, but you should listen to all of them. Don't you dare walk out without listening to every last piece. I will find you. Oh, no, wait, that's a legality issue. I won't find you. I'll be very displeased with you. I'll be very cross. I'm not, I am know I'm not your man, but I'll be very displeased. But, you know, it is when you go, you're going to see the piece first and that might taint or paint how you listen to the piece or how the piece comes across. Yeah,
2: because I guess people maybe choose the pieces that they listen to dependent on the artwork as well. Mm. But as Caligo said, listen to them all
3: <laughs> and look at them all, appreciate them all, because they we, are, yeah. If we both threaten the audience, then it's um, it's less on Jane, it's more on us, that's fine. We'll just take the pressure off Jane.
0: If you do want to check these out, the, the, the,
3: the
0: Hills Arts Centre in the city centre, which is close to the now-destroyed bottom entrance of the train station, which is being rebuilt, and uh, next to Blanford Street, next to site in the little bit opposite a betting shop or something. <laughs> I've sold I it,
2: always <laughs> find it it's close to the war memorial thing. This um, this big statue kind
3: of
0: yeah next to the, the park. corner.
3: Yeah. yeah. I I always describe it as just around the corner from Wilco's. But even then that doesn't do enough to explain <laughs> which yeah, corner? I don't think which I know.
0: So.
3: <laughs> well that's what people keep asking, like yeah. clearly the corner that goes towards the art studio. We've been over this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then part of this exhibition is about the work, as we've got in the studio today, of audio artists responding, sorry, visual artists responding to audio artists. Another piece, and I want to play this towards the end of today's show, Hills Are Alive, is a piece of collaborative project in itself, in that it's my first time making a visual piece rather than an audio piece, but it's based on a process of storytelling, where It was a project called hills are alive and i invited people to celebrate this art center that reopened and used to be a former bookshop and using sound and using memory and using storytelling as a way to bring a piece of work together and then have it be read out by different voices and then mixed into one thing for me as an artist collaboration is always an intrinsic and important thing to explore and you were like before we came on Jay, you must play this piece. And I was yes. like, oh, I don't know, but I'm going to do it.
3: Fantastic. Thank you so much. This is
0: Arty Party. Hope. Dust and books and
4: hope and pleasure of what could be and quiet and hush and the tail ringing and books and pens and brushes and colours and the hush when the mind stills and knows what it wants. Then the feet on the stairs and the feel of the paper and the weight of the pens and the possibilities of what could be. Hills Are Alive
1: Hills Are Alive A commission, A commission for, Norfolk for Norfolk Street, Street Arts. Hills Are Alive A commission for Norfolk Street Arts For Norfolk Street Arts
5: Hills Are Alive <laughs>
1: <laughs> Walking into Hills Building
5: Walking into the Hills Building Is it, is it re- really reopening? reopening? I can't wait to go and see.
1: Can't wait to go it and see. Wow. wow. Modern, modern freshly painted hub. hub.
5: Arts, books, crafts. My Aladdin's cave. My
1: Aladdin's cave. They talk a bit of our history. Gone but not forgotten. Although the building is cold, the people are
4: warm. When I walk in a bookshop, a book is another world. World. Another story. Creativity. Things you've never thought
1: about. End of an era. Remained. Remain. Helped. Final edition finished. The last chapter.
4: Sorry. It was heartbreaking.
1: It was heartbreaking. Seeing
4: it as it was a second-hand seeing hand
1: shop. Seeing it as a 2nd shop. Why? 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 I hadn't the heart to see it without People books. I
4: hadn't the heart to see it without books.
1: People love books. We lose something when paper shops close. Supermarkets are not the same. The demise of hills. The demise of hills.
4: The demise of hills was a. Sy- the demise of hills was a symptom of everything. Symptom of everything. A symptom, of everything.
1: A symptom
2: of everything.
4: Pushing past sleep, hanging, hanging heavy on my, on my eyes. Quiet, turning, quiet of turning of a page. Leaving bedtime, Leaving bedtime far behind. Pushing past I feel heavy on my eyes. hanging heavy on, on my quiet eyes. Quiet
5: turning Lost of a page. Quiet turning of a page. Leaving
4: bedtime far, bedtime far behind.
1: Pushing past sleep. Pushing past sleep. Quiet turning, turning the a page. page.
4: Living in the world's quiet bedtime.
1: Living, living in the world's quiet world, lost lost spaces, world.
4: spaces between, between words.
1: words. Lost in, lost in stories
4: while the house snores. Sounds of closing down. Shudder of a till slammed shut. Never to hold pounds and pence again. A final creak of the floorboards. And footsteps falling down the stairs. Stock cleared to echoing corners now. The The dust settling. Settling. One click purchase on Amazon. Our store. They lost the fight.
1: Back to today Being here Although the building is called Cosy, happy The people are warm In the midst of a building site Bookshops are so important In the midst of new friends to I can anticipate bookshops So many new adventures so and visits to be These stories live in our veins They pop up at parties They live
4: Culture for all
1: They will meet the next generation
4: It can transform Sunderland is transforming. No need to pass them on. They're here to stay. Let's create our own identity. No clicks. Culture is what we, they, her, she makes it. Let's be surrounded by it. No need to send us. only available or accessible to those who feel like they belong. Brass bands in the streets, poets on high.
5: I really chuffed the site is being redeveloped and that new stories can be added to the old.
1: Hope. They pop up. Dust and books Dust and hope and books. A pleasure, pleasure of what could be. And pleasure of what could be. And quiet and hush, and quiet. And, and, the hush. and the
5: till ringing in books
1: books and, books and pens, brushes and colours and the hush and the hush when the, hush when the mind stills, when the stills and knows what it wants. Then the feet, then the feet, on, feet the on the stairs.
5: And the feel, and the feel, of, the feel of
1: the paper. And the weight of And the weight of the pens, and the possibilities of what could be, and
0: the possibilities of what could be. Hills are alive (laughs) on exhibition at the moment in the Hills Art Centre as part of the hashtag Final Outcry exhibition.
3: Tremendous piece! I'm so happy to have finally listened to it after seeing the sleeve. But I just—I wonder who the audio artist of this one is. Jay, you didn't introduce the artist for this.
0: Oh no! um, uh, Forgive me for my oversight. It's it's Jay Sykes, everybody. The one and
3: only. <laughs>
0: oh, no, there is another. Uh, there's a brewer in the states called Jay Sykes, and he's really quite dishy. So I'm not the one and only <laughs> not Jay to Sykes. Get yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not a big hunky bearded man, though. I'm a slightly uh, skinny bearded man. <laughs> It so makes hum-
2: great audio
0: <laughs> hey, so that piece like I said it was the bringing together of lots of different stories written by people in different workshops that we did and then condensed into this well I've made a five minute version when I entered it into the community radio awards which it's been nominated for just like one yay. of your pieces Lottie Ooh.
2: yay yeah. <laughs> which I'm so excited been for. I know, it's a shame that we're up against each other, I but know. I you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be happy. I'll be happy whoever wins.
3: <laughs> I'm rooting for you, Lottie. I love Jay, but I am no, rooting
0: for you I'm on this one. I'm rooting fun. for you as well, 100%.
2: Yeah, the piece that has been nominated for me is it's the original piece that I said where I worked with the Seascapes project mm. and that's what inspired me to go on to do Out at Sea, Out of Mind. And I was speaking to loads of really interesting people who were involved in this project where they listened to the underwater sounds and kind of reflected the underwater sounds through music and art and that kind of thing so that was also a really cool project to Mm. work on so i'm yeah i'm pleased that it's been nominated
0: definitely and i want yours to win too it's gonna snag (laughs) it definitely (laughs) But either way, it's going to be a really, really <laughs> lovely day. And if anyone's interested in heading to the Community Radio Awards, the conference this year is in Bristol. No, Bedford. Bedford. I was, where do I mix up Bristol and Bedford? One's <laughs> very much more inland than the other. Yeah. would recommend coming and experiencing that day. But also, if you fancy experiencing something, Caligo with us today is going to be doing some ENSO workshops I at am. the Art Centre.
3: I think that probably we should have maybe a whole episode talking about the two different workshops that are being set up. One being Uh, my... Three. Three. You didn't tell me about the third one. What's the third one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are the other two?
3: Well, we've got Enzo Circles, (laughs) which is... an Enzo circle is a Japanese Buddhist Zen painting, essentially. It's, to put it very simply, it's a circle painted usually with ink and you can see the brush strokes of it as well. The idea behind it is... The painting is meant to be done in one breath and uh, the symbol is uh, a circle and it's considered like the circle of togetherness so it's usually done with one brush stroke as a meditative practice of letting go of the mind and allowing the body to create as the single brush strokes allows for no modification modifications you can't go back and try and fix it once it's done it's done and that is the whole piece at first glance it would look like a bunch of circles, like if you looked at multiple pieces. But the beauty of it is that it's almost a capture of one moment of a person, where they are then and there. The workshop that I'm still trying to put together, so I want it to be quite good, is um, the idea of what would happen if perhaps, let's say, Lottie and I, if you and I had painted a circle each upon first meeting, and then. After building this rapport and communicating and working together, if, let's say, we had both circles layered on top of each other, like a fresh one, how does it change? How would your one breath on paper look first thing in the morning, after a night out, after a productive day, after a day when you feel just absolutely defeated? We're going to be exploring that in the workshop, and I hope that people can take this practice away with them, because it is quite powerful, I think.
0: Amazing. I'm going to go. I'm going to enjoy painting in one breath, (laughs) painting a moment, painting with others. And then the other two, New Zealand, whose work you can hear being played in the background right now, will be delivering a session about her practice creating these lovely pieces of sound design, mixing found sound and electronic music. And then the third is Stephanie Smith, who we featured on a previous episode of Artie Party around the time when I was making a BBC Radio 4 documentary about her work. Stephanie's practice involves stepping up to a canvas with her eyes closed and exploring the tactile sensations in her body as a foundation for artwork rather than visual stimuli called skin mapping it's an exploration of visual art without visuals and again you are invited to join stephanie for an upcoming workshop at the hills art center we'll be sharing information from artyparty.com and the at twitter account that's at arty with a y party with an i yi I want to thank Caligo and Lottie Steele for joining us for the episode that was recorded live at Spark, and I'd like to thank you as well. Welcome back to this podcast. It's wonderful that you've listened, and if you enjoyed the program, please do reach out and let me know. It'd be great to hear your thoughts about the episode. Arty Party is made possible thanks to support from our generous Patreon supporters, that is photographic artist Joe Howell and visual artist Stephanie Smith. And if you would like to join them and help support the show financially as well, with even one or two pounds per month, that would be a huge help to our show moving forward. You can reach us again on that website, artyparty.com. That's at arty with a Y party with an I. Why I? And one more thing, as well as the workshops that you can find out about and join in with Hills Arts Centre, we also have an upcoming live reunion event, which is supported by funding from Arts Council England and the National Lottery Heritage Fund through the Unlock Strand of Sunderland Culture's Great Place Scheme. And if you'd like to come along, meet other artists and creators, it's a free-to-access event. But I will leave you listening to the beautiful mixture of sound art and electronic music by sound artist New Zealand.